The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. When pain or trauma occurs in someone's life and there isn't the support, time, resources, or space to process and metabolize that trauma, the hurt gets stored in the body. That person then subconsciously seeks the ways to avoid the overwhelm and protect themselves from the intensity of feelings accompanying that pain. Hi, I'm Michael Kovnat. This is the Next Big Idea Daily, and it's Tuesday. A question for you. Do you know any drama queens? You know the type. People who seem to attract and thrive on chaos, whose lives constantly seem on the verge of spinning out of control. Maybe you're close to someone like that. Maybe, dare I say, you yourself are such a person. Here with a penetrating look at this personality type and how to manage it is Scott Lyons, author of the new book, Addicted to Drama, Healing Dependency on Crisis and Chaos in Yourself and Others. Scott is a psychologist, educator, and author focused on mind-body interaction, and he joins us now to share some of his big ideas. From the outside, someone who is addicted to drama will look and feel different than how it feels from someone who is stuck in cycles of crisis and chaos. A person who is addicted to drama will often create mountains out of molehills, make something bigger than it needs to be, or their reactions are more extreme, intense, and exaggerated than what makes sense. They make their life and other people's lives unnecessarily hard by overscheduling themselves and overcomplicating tasks and situations. They don't even realize how much they are stressing themselves out by allocating their energy and attention to a self-induced state of crisis and chaos. They stir things up when things are calm and seem to get anxious or bored when things are going easy or are too quiet. Their relationships often form in the same way they end, fast and furious. Drama plays out in their personal lives as jealousy, blaming, withholding, spying, cheating, intense fights, passionate makeups, and lack of boundaries. Their presence feels like an inescapable tornado of chaos. They pull everyone around them into their intensity and drama, and it can go from zero to a hundred in the blink of an eye, and you're left thinking, whoa, what just happened? Living inside the addiction to drama feels and looks quite different than how it appears on the outside. From the inside perspective, life feels hard and unfair. No matter how hard they try, the world feels like it's conspiring against them. To reflect this frustration, they might say things like, it's always something. Or, why can't things just be easier? The enormity of their reactions feels justified by the intensity to which they perceive the world. Because in reality, their underlying trauma has actually altered the way they smell, hear, taste, see, and even perceive time. It's like their senses are locked in and they can only filter in the negative and hardships around them. 
For those with an addiction to drama, they create the storms and then they get mad that it's raining. Even when the environment around them or other people are calm and easeful, they feel a sense of urgency. In turn, they feel out of sync with the world. The only moments they feel in sync and validated is when the conditions around them are as chaotic as they feel internally. So they reflexively create the chaos or seek it out. They pull people in who can enable them as well. This is called drama bonding. Essentially, where crisis forms connection and for those with an addiction to drama, a false sense of belonging. It makes sense to ask the question, why would anyone create or subconsciously seek out more stress and more chaos in their life? It's a great question. But to answer it, we have to ask a different question. What have you done to avoid pain? When pain or trauma occurs in someone's life and there isn't the support, time, resources, or space to process and metabolize that trauma, the hurt gets stored in the body. That person then subconsciously seeks the ways to avoid the overwhelm and protect themselves from the intensity of feelings accompanying that pain. Emotional and physical pain are nearly indistinguishable as it's registered in the nervous system. In short, addiction is the process of getting hooked and attached to whatever distracts, takes focus from, or offers momentary relief from the underlying suffering. The reward center of the brain gets activated despite what the actions or behaviors are that stimulate it. In the same way you can get a runner's high by strenuous exercise, you can also get an endorphin high from a stress response. So if retelling the same story over and over again of how the store clerk was rude gets you revved up, stressed, and diverts your attention from the deep underlying current of anxiety and disease, it will be rewarded and encouraged as a strategy for future use. Another natural protective mechanisms humans have evolved to use in relation to trauma is numbness and disassociation. It's a protective wall that forms around the discomfort. Over time, this protective wall spreads and numbness becomes the person's baseline experience. They just feel empty, unfulfilled, depressed, or they feel like they're a walking ghost, anchorless in the world. The numbness unintentionally creates a separation between the world and themselves. This is where, once again, addiction forms to navigate the pervasive loneliness. We get hooked on what fills the inner void or gives enough sensation to feel alive. To feel means we exist, we are alive, we matter, and we have purpose and meaning. Drama is not about making sense. It's about making sensations. Stress and drama are contagious, so we all need support and healing. All addictions deeply impact the person who's navigating them as well as those around them. In fact, one of the core aspects of an addiction is that despite the consequences to oneself or those around them, they keep using. What's unique about an addiction to drama is that it's contagious. Being a bystander of drama means you will have secondhand stress. 
This evolutionary survival mechanism is meant to help us be more prepared and responsive to an unknown threat. For instance, you have a friend who runs into your house panicked as if they're being chased by something. Before they can even say anything, you're registering their stress cues like heavy breathing, slumped posture, pupil dilation. Your physiology automatically begins to mirror your friends so that you are prepared and can also run away from the unknown threat. Now, this same truth applies to when someone is in the throes of drama and they are oozing stress. So nearly all of us are navigating an addiction to drama or the secondhand stress that comes while being in proximity to them. And let's not forget, proximity includes the over 5 billion people now on social media. Here are a few actionable steps of healing for those addicted to drama and those in proximity to them. Number one, when you catch yourself revving yourself out of ease and comfort, pause. Ask yourself, is it safe enough to find some calm in this moment? And if so, stay with that calm as you start overriding the reflex for creating or seeking stress. Number two, start doing activities that connect you to your body, like yoga, counteracting the numbness. And then find the right trauma therapist to help you process what's underneath the numbness. Number three, use self-healing statements daily, like, The space in between, or quietness, is filled with opportunity, not threat. Or, I'm reclaiming my power to decide how much energy and how much emotions are needed to address this situation. Thank you, Scott. Okay, people, I hope these ideas help you dial down the drama in your own life. Less drama, more action, I say. There are just too many important things going on in the world that require our attention. One such pressing topic, nuclear weapons. If you haven't thought about the nuclear threat we're all living under, it's because it's weirdly just blended into the background of modern life. Well, tomorrow, journalist Sarah Scholes is going to bring it into the foreground for us. Sarah's written a new book called Countdown, The Blinding Future of Nuclear Weapons, and she'll join us to share some of her key ideas. Meanwhile, if you like what you're hearing here, be sure to leave us a rating and review. We appreciate it. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.